Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs, embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges. Good morning. Today's guest is Jason Cardiff, co-founder of the world's first carbon capture soap, Clean O2. Good morning, Jason. Good morning. Good morning, Tara. Good morning, David. And Tara, you know, you have the right for the first question today. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I'm honored. And, you know, Jason, I think that a lot of people out there are saying, what kind of soap did David just say? (laughs) What do you mean by carbon capture soap? Tell us all about that. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, So our carbon capture products are all made with recycled carbon uh, that we have diverted from natural gas-fired heating appliances and turned into a chemical, a safe, uh, stable chemical compound that's used, uh, regularly used in the soap and detergent industry. And uh, we uh, embody that in the, in, the, in the bars of soap that we're selling. Justin, you know, um, my chemistry teacher, when I was in grade 10, her best day was the last day of uh, school of grade 10 because she knew that I'm not coming back to chemistry. <laughs> and when I, when I kind of listen to the news... And everybody talks about greenhouse uh, emissions and how bad CO is for us. And then you tell me, oh, you know what? It's a good thing for for your body. Put it on your body. Use it as a soap. Get a little bit more yeah. detailed on how does it work. Sure. Yeah. So it's it's worth pointing out that we uh, carbon is in everything. It's in it's in our soaps. It's in our clothes. It's in the food we eat. It is a stable component of of every aspect of our life. Uh, we use natural gas to cook our food. Uh, so what we're doing is basically an extension of that of using some basic chemistry to convert carbon dioxide, which everybody has acknowledged as a, a greenhouse gas, and we are diverting that and converting that into a chemical uh, that is uh, it's potassium carbonate. So we're using potassium carbonate in our soaps and, and detergents. So this is a safe and stable compound. And you know, after you use the soap, the CO2 isn't being re-released and back into the atmosphere. Um, but yeah, we do get asked that. It is a, it is a question that does, does come up quite often about, you know, hey, you're, you're taking this negative, negative thing and trying to turn it into a positive thing. And I, and I think ultimately at the end of the day, I think we've successfully done that because because when you look at the chemistry that we use, it's it's a very stable compound. It's a very natural compound that, that we're finding in all sorts of different products. So that's that's kind of where, where we end up finding our way into soaps and detergents. Actually, you know, uh, originally our business model was just carbon capture. We were we were making this chemical compound with this technology that we had developed, and we hadn't quite figured out how we were going to get it to market. And uh, we were sitting around talking about the different ways that we could engage the communities that were talking about carbon capture and trying to figure out how do we how do we make something tangible that everybody could understand? And we realized that this chemical compound that we were creating was used in soaps and detergents. We thought, oh, well, you know, maybe we do something like the fight club where, you know, we, we, uh, we create this, 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 uh, you know, fight climate change uh, bar of soap. And of course, obviously there were some patent or uh, copyright infringements there. So it just kind of morphed and we did a test batch for marketing and then it just kind of, it just kind of took off and everybody seemed to love the soap. It's an all natural soap. We don't use any harsh 
uh, harsh components in our in our in our soaps. We use natural colorants. We use natural oils. It's all essential oils, avocados, and we end up with this with this great bar of soap that's uh, that seems to be taking off for us quite by accident. Well, I want to take you back about 15 years or so when you were in the heating industry as a plumber, gas fitter for over 20 years. And then I read that you started thinking about reducing the carbon emissions long before it ever became an ESG requirement and something that everybody's talking about. So what led you down that path, even thinking about carbon emissions? Yeah, I, so I've always, ever since I was a little kid, I was always interested in in innovation um, I've, I've tried uh, my hand at creating a, a number of different, you know, uh, innovations that, you know, didn't, didn't quite work out the way I didn't intend it. And, uh, I, around 15 years ago, I was, I was working as a heating technician. I spent a tremendous amount of time in mechanical rooms. And around that time, the Obama administration was making some announcements around, um, taking action against greenhouse gas emissions. And I thought, well, that's, it's interesting because most of the stories that I was reading in, in various, uh, you know, news articles seem to be really dialed into talking about the emissions that was coming from the transportation sector and what they could do to help reduce that source of, of emissions and, you know, from the power sector. So instead of burning from coal or, or other uh, uh, fuels that produce CO2, you know, there's people were looking at, you know, how can we reduce these emissions? But nobody was talking about the heating industry. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? Because if you look at the statistics, roughly 20% of the emissions that this country produce come from from natural gas. It's a, it's a very prevalent fuel source. It's an inexpensive fuel source that people use to heat their homes. But we weren't talking about carbon emissions uh, from those sources. So I thought, well, you know, maybe there's, a, maybe there's a, a play there. Maybe there's something that I could do. And even if it was like 15 minutes of fame and I could just, you know, go out and do something in my garage and, and create something, um, you know, I could show people that there's there's opportunities here. And one thing just led to another. And the next thing you know, we we're like, oh, well, you know, maybe there's a business model here. Maybe it's more than just a blurb in a popular science magazine. Maybe there's a maybe there's a business to be made here. So we, you know, we stumbled around. I went from, you know, uh, creating just some really basic um, prototypes to something that was a little bit more complex. In fact, one of the prototypes that I built I almost caused a <laughs> A bit of an incident in my in my home uh, when you uh, when you expose certain chemicals with aluminum, you create hydrogen gas. And of course, if anybody's familiar with the Hindenburg, um, generally doing that in your house is not a good thing. So, uh, is the house still there? Is the house still there? Oh, yeah, still there. Yeah, it's, it's actually funny. So I didn't tell my wife that story uh, for years. And then we had an article that went up in the Financial Post some years ago. And I was downstairs and she was reading the newspaper and I heard it from upstairs. She goes, what do you mean you almost blew up the house? I'm like, oh, nothing, it's fine. <laughs> Nothing. She Fault probably gets nervous okay. every time you put your glasses, your safety glasses and lab coat on, go downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. She, she kicked me out. She said, you need a, you need a bay, go get a bay. So we ended up going and getting a bay and, and uh, yeah, so it just took off from there. So it just, it really, it just morphed. Uh, I started having conversations with, you know, from heat with heating manufacturers or heating appliance manufacturers to the gas utilities and kicking this idea around. And then, 
from there, it just it took into uh, some pilot projects that we did with Fortis BC and ATCO and, uh, and Centerpoint Energy, and we're about to do a project with Enbridge, and we've got some foreign uh, foreign involvement and investment in both the U.S. and Japan. And uh, yeah, it just it really just kind of went from a back of the napkin idea to this uh, to this pretty cool little company that we've built. Isn't that the root of investor inventor anyway? <laughs> it would appear. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> I read on your website that uh, you kind of uh, deal a lot with um, commercial or let's say buildings and, and how do you convince mm-hmm. building owners to participate and I saw something about uh, profit sharing and, and, and different mm-hmm. uh, kind of programs you guys have. Yeah, um, so after we finished developing the technology, the next step of the business development was how do we create Uh, uh, a business structure that incentivizes building owners to want to adopt our technology. And uh, at the time, you know, the carbon credits weren't really a, a thing. There wasn't really a mechanism there to deal with these small aggregated sources of GHGs. And there still really isn't, not, not at this scale, but it's certainly looking like it's, it's heading in that direction. So prior to that, it was how do we make this a, an asset to the building rather than a liability? And the way we, we do it is, is essentially the, the analogy that we use is we turn your mechanical room into a mining operation. So you buy the equipment from us. You essentially loan us the money to, to build a unit for you. We come and we install it in your mechanical room, and then we mine your, your flue gas for the carbon dioxide that you're producing to turn it into this chemical. And then we pull the chemical out and we keep it regional. It's obviously not good. It's kind of funny if we're, if we're a carbon capture company, it's not going to make a lot of sense if we're capturing carbon in say Calgary and then shipping that to say Toronto and then turning it into soap and then shipping that soap to Los Angeles. So we keep everything regional. Um, so the, the incentive is that we cut them a rebate check to pay them back for the upfront cost of the, of the, unit so they get that money back that return on the investment in anywhere from three to five years and then we also provide them with energy savings so we're listed as an economizer so we 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 reduce emissions not just through direct capture but also from heat recovery the heating industry is incredibly wasteful from a from a heat point source so we take that heat and plug it back into the building and use it in meaningful ways and then we also provide free preventative maintenance so it's, uh, unlike you know your your furnace in your home where you can kind of be reactive You know, if your furnace stops working, you call the plumber and they come and fix it. In a commercial setting, you can't really do that. You need to have somebody in these rooms on a regular basis. So we sort of say, well, look, these people are already going into these mechanical rooms. Every two weeks or so, we just say, look, while you're in there, we'll pay you for your time. Recharge our system, bring this chemical back to your shop, and we'll make arrangements to pick up to have it processed. So then we turn it into the soap, we sell it in a local community, and then the money that we generate, we use to further our research and development efforts. And then some of that money then goes back to the customer to pay them back for, for the uh, for their Carbonex unit that, we, that they've installed in their mechanical room. Jason, thank you. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. We're with Jason Cardiff, the CEO of Clean O2. That is the world's first carbon capture soap. We'll talk more about it right after the break. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is sponsored in part by Canadian Western Bank. Obsessed with your success. It's time to partner with a bank that sees the world the same way you do. Visit CWBank.com. 
Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs, embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges. And we are back with Jason Cardiff, CEO of Clean O2. Thank you, Tara, for You're your You're welcome. Teamwork here. So, so, Jason, my question is, how are you going to grow the company and make it kind of known to the public and known to the industry that here in Calgary, we have such a great invention and a great company, and this is how we can all contribute to, to, to the environment? Sure. Yeah, well, we work very closely with Atco Gas. They have a, a wonderful uh, support uh, uh, um capacity uh, to, to help uh, bring our, our technology to market. We're starting to work with uh, uh, B.A. Robinson in town here as our wholesaler distributor of our of our technology. Uh, we have a, we're starting to establish our, a web presence so that people can dial into our website more frequently and, and see all of the great stuff that we're doing. Plus, you know, when you're out in your local uh, the retail market, you, you'll see our products and, you know, you can scan the QR code on the products. It'll help uh, draw attention to uh, to both the technology as well as the, the products that we're producing. So there's a number of channels that, we, that we're working on or have deployed to, to, to increase awareness for, for what we're doing here. So there may be some people just joining us here. Um, Jason is the co-founder of the world's first carbon capture soap, Clean O2. So just want to take you back a little bit again and help everybody understand that point where you realized that greenhouse gases could become a soap. Sure. Yeah, it was it was really just by accident. We uh, originally were an, uh, sort of a, an arbitrage commodity play where we could put in an inexpensive soap into our unit, convert it into a high value commodity and then sell that commodity to the various industries that we're using. And among those industries was the soap and detergent industry. So we were just going to be the intermediary play, commodity play. Um, but because of the volume that we were producing, it was pretty, it was really hard to engage these, these industries and there wasn't a lot of interest. So we had just said, well, why don't we make some soap? Cause it's a tangible product that everybody uses. Why don't we do it ourselves? We, we brought it in house. My wife and I made a few batches and then it went from, you know, 50 bars that we shared with a few industry folks that we were working with. And then, then it went to 200 and then 500 and then a thousand. And right now I think our current capacity is at around, 30 to 40,000 units of soap uh, per month. So we've, we've gone from a kitchen to, uh, to 12,000 square feet of manufacturing space all within the span of three years. And, and do you have any data that um, you can share um, with the public when you educate the public about the, the soap, um, how that process is helping reducing the greenhouse gas emissions? with this mass production? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that's interesting to note about the production of potassium carbonate is that traditional channels involve the burning of natural gas for its CO2 component. And then they take that CO2 component and they aerate it through another chemical to produce the potassium carbonate. Whereas we're taking the CO2 that our customers are producing and just venting to atmosphere and converting it into this chemical that can then get used in these industries. So apart from the direct capture from the heating appliances in your buildings, 
we're also reducing emissions by using a non-traditional channel to produce the same chemical. And we've got, you know, we've got life cycle analysis that have been done uh, through a number of organizations. We're constantly wanting to maintain that transparency, both internally and externally, so that, you know, people can understand what we're, what we're trying to do. We're open, honest, and, and want to make sure that everybody understands that there is a net gain, there is a positive impact from using our technology and our personal care products versus traditional channels. So you've got a couple different businesses on the go here. You've got the carbon capture process, right, where you're working with companies and installing them into their um, with with their heating systems, and then you've got the soap company as well. So do yeah. you find that you're having some uh, split focus here? What are you focusing on, and are you surprised that one's taking yeah. over, or what's going on there? It's uh, it is a constant balance here a necessary balance um but it's it's constantly you know taking our focus away from one part and then focusing on another part so you know for the last six months we've been really dialed into opening up the channels for both retail the retail market the consumer market as well as bolstering our position as an e-commerce play from the products that we're producing from from the technology and now we're dialing back to go focus more on unit deployments here within Calgary and within Alberta and, and, and elsewhere. As I said, we're operating in the U S and Japan as well. So, so it is, it, mm. it is challenging, but you know, I, I, I say this quite often in that I, I think I've done a pretty darn good job of surrounding myself with, with some pretty talented folk who, who can ease the the burden of, of needing to shift focus. We've got a, we've got a pretty, pretty good team here able to, uh, to work. So we've got Michelle Regal, who handles the soap production and all of her crew that's uh, able to handle both production as well as order fulfillment. And then, you know, Calvin Jones over on, on this side, who's handling, you know, uh, uh, the technical support for the field and field operations and unit production. And then all of the corporate structure that has sort of an overarching kind of uh, uh, structure to to monitor the activities of, of both unit production as well as soap production. So it's working. It's a little complicated, but, you know, we've been doing this long enough now that we've got it pretty dialed in. Well, that's the way to success, right? Surround yourself with those rock stars. Yeah, exactly. Our guest today is uh, Jason Cardiff, CEO of Clean O2. And, you know, uh, Jason, uh, I've learned a lot when I went to the website, and I highly recommend to our listeners to go to the website, uh, cleano2.ca. It seems that the growth potential is huge because everybody is talking about, you know, reducing greenhouse emission and how we help the environment. And and what is the growth potential you have, especially when you said you don't, it doesn't make sense to produce here and move it somewhere else. Do you have to have uh, facilities in every big city in the world? Yeah, we're working on a, on a regional basis. So we would have multiple regions set up, much like a franchise of, of sorts where, where, you know, it's, it's governed by Clean O2, but the operations are all kept within those urban centers that we're operating. And the great thing about our current business model, all those resources exist. You've got your plumbers, you've got your HVAC technicians, you've got soap producers, you've got logistics. Every city, every municipality has all of those components. So it's just a matter of 
pulling them together and having them work the same way they're working here in Calgary. And it's, and we've been doing that fairly well, Vancouver, Victoria, uh, Tokyo, and Minneapolis, all of that's, all of that's pulling together quite nicely. So really, if we can do it here in Calgary, we can do it anywhere. So the growth potential, the market potential is huge, especially when you consider that, you know, uh, against what some people might tell you, natural gas is going to maintain its position as a primary fuel source for many decades to come. But we need to deal with emissions today. But so it's that balance of saying natural gas is here. It, it needs to be here. How do we address those emissions today? And that's that's where Clean O2 can come in and play a play a vital role. Well, it, you're a perfect example of everybody can make a difference. Right. And, and you took an idea and, and it's obviously working very well and you're making a big difference here. So aligning with your values. I did look uh, on your website and I saw the beautiful soaps you have. I thought it was kind of funny. You had the sequestered summer package. <laughs> yes. Great. Yeah. Um, but where can people buy the soap in Calgary? Yeah, so we're we're currently in Safeway, Soapies, Canadian Tire, Lena's Italian Market, Kent of Inglewood, Swinton's, and I think that's it for now. But we do have some other uh, sales channels going opening up here fairly soon through a distributed market. So for the meanwhile, that's the Safeway, Soapies, and all the other ones that I mentioned are, are your best are your best bet. You can walk right in and 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 pick up a bar of soap today. And online too. And don't forget and to online, call Tara yes. when you go. And, and don't forget to call Tara when you get into candle uh, also candles uh, production. <laughs> All right, um, noted. Jason, <laughs> I like my candles. Right? J- Jason, w- one last question that I have before we have to conclude is: uh, What is preventing you today from growing in Calgary to produce 100 or 120,000 uh, bars a month? Is it employees? Is it chemical engineers? Is it financing? It's a little bit of everything, and we're getting there. Our goal for Calgary is to get to that 100,000. So we're, as I said, we're 30 to 40,000 units of soap today. Um, we're, we're estimating probably in another four to six months, we'll be at that, that 100,000 units per month here with other locations spreading out in Eastern Canada and into the U.S. sometime next year to be able to, um, uh, to increase the production in those areas as well. So um, really, yeah, it's, it's, it's employment opportunities that we're, we're opening up to hire more, more folks to, to come help us uh, tell our story and the financing associated with that to, to scale up a business our size and, and supply chain, obviously with COVID, supply chain's kind of broken right now, but we're, we're managing. So we're, we're trying to find unique channels to be able to support our, our demand for the, for the materials that we use to make our products. Well, Jason, congratulations on your success. We look forward to seeing where you, where you take this. Thank you so much. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is sponsored in part by Canadian Western Bank. Obsessed with your success. It's time to partner with a bank that sees the world the same way you do. Visit cwbank.com.